This is The Hiring Experience, the podcast that helps you break down the art and science of hiring. Hosted by Max and Mike, friends, founders, and creators of Rapid Hiring on a mission to bring an end to the resume. Bringing you tactical advice to help you attract, select, and retain the best talent. This podcast and the matters discussed herein are for informational purposes only and should not be construed as advice for a particular company or person. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional or legal advice. Alrighty, so building off of what we kind of talked about last week there in wanting to own your hiring process, we find that people need to take control of it and take responsibility for it the cliche of there's no good people out there is just simply not true but we've already kind of addressed all that so we want to move on through the process of what it means to own your process and the expectations that you have for hiring and making sure that when you're out there looking for candidates you come at it with properly set expectations as well as an understanding of what you're hiring for and what your primary objectives are when filling a role. Yeah, so I think maybe let's kick off with what ownership in your hiring process means. So what would ownership like look like to you in a hiring process? What does that mean overall? Owning your hiring process to, to us means that you accept that when somebody comes to you and says, there's just no good candidates, that's why we can't fill this role. Not accepting that like, and putting it out onto the market in the fact that, well, there may not be any coming in doesn't mean that they're not out there or it doesn't mean that they haven't applied and we haven't missed them. And so it's on us as the hiring manager or the recruiter or whomever to take that responsibility and find maybe a new way to do things, tweak things and continually work this problem until we get to the point of where we have actually found that suitable candidate. Yeah. So I think what that looks like as actionable, actionable information would be to define your hiring needs, clearly define them, develop your strategy, choose the tools that you're going to implement for that strategy, and then ultimately take responsibility for the results, right? So like Max said, if there's not the candidate pool that you were looking for coming in, circle back. Did we define the right needs? Did we develop the right strategy? Did we use the right tools? Repeat, right? Right. Instead of coming to the conclusion that we did these three things once, the results were not what we were hoping for, and it's the fault of the world. Right. So it's this odd thing that we tend to do with hiring that we want to just simply put it out onto the applicants and the candidate market that there's nobody out there that's good enough to work with us. But the odds are we are probably just not identifying them. And so, like Mike said, identifying what you are hiring for is the first step of all of this. And then from there, how you're going to go about it. Are we doing a passive strategy? Are we going to do some sort of active recruiting? Are we using modern technology and tools that allow us to move through this process as fast as possible so we can vet the quality of candidates 
in a fair standard, but also a rapid sequence. And so that we can identify the candidate before anybody else does. That's right. And allowing us to keep it moving and not identify a candidate two weeks later and already have them have been scooped up by somebody else. Yeah. And that'll, you know, we, we speak a lot about speed and reducing your hiring cycle and the benefits of that. And essentially what that comes down to is if you as a company have the ability to interview a prospect before your competitors have the chance to even qualify a candidate, then you're 10 steps ahead, right? Because you have essentially the first go at the biggest pool of talent possible. So your whole process from there will improve as opposed to when you're slower and when you can't get there quick enough, you're now picking from candidates that have already been either distributed to your competitors. So those top tier candidates, your competitors move quicker than you and they're gone already, right? It's losing out on anything. It's like if you take three weeks to get back to a prospective client, they've probably selected another provider. It's the same thing with, with your candidates. When we look at this now from the hiring perspective of a shift in the market that's happened over the last few years, obviously coming out of COVID and people being in a situation where their hiring was fluctuating from one side to the other in that all of a sudden they needed to hire more staff or to the other side where they needed to lay off or reduce their staff rapidly. And those kind of things made it tough for people to hire. And what we get at from there is that, are you still in that hiring crisis mode where you might just be taking everyone off the street because you're like, we need bodies, we need people, we need people, we need people. And while we preach speed constantly, what we mean by that is, Mike said it, it's being able to interview and qualify candidates before your competitors have even opened their application. That doesn't mean that you cut the corners of what you're actually looking for. Circling back to the beginning of identifying the criteria of what you're hiring for, that part you can't compromise on in the process because then what you're actually getting is you're filling the seat saying, yay, we found a person, but you also understand and know deep down that they're not the right fit for this role but you felt that the need to have somebody there was better than having nobody there until we found the right candidate. And so balancing those two things is also a part of the dichotomy of hiring here. And so you want to make sure that you have assessed that as well as a part of your strategy in that and not taking the note to heart that speed is everything. So therefore, we don't need to qualify candidates at all. There's a definite clarity that we want to add with that. So I think you did a good job of providing clarity around what that means to us, what speed means. And it's it's essentially doing the little things faster and having all of the necessary information available quicker and having that translatable between everyone involved in your hiring process, as opposed to, you know, a lot of redundancies introduced and things like that. So you're not, again, you're not cutting corners. You're, you're making informed decisions. It's, it's educated speed. It's not speed for the sake of going quicker. And you're focusing on the right things with, with that, right? So coming back to 
kind of the crisis mode of hiring. During the COVID pandemic, there was a lot of, like Max said, you're just bringing people in, filling them as quickly as possible, high turnover rates in various different industries, higher than usual. And it was more almost like a constant churn of staffing, understanding that, you know, the pandemic was taking precedence over everything else and how we react to that and how the different processes we have to introduce, the staffing levels we had to introduce were strenuous for everyone. So a lot of things were compromised on. Understanding that you cannot keep those practices because they don't result in a cohesive work environment. You can't keep having that turnover rate. You can't keep hiring like you were in the pandemic where you know, you're cutting corners just to get people in the door. So having having these informed decisions and making sure that, you know, you still have an edge over your competitors and you can go quicker, but making those right choices too and being as informed as possible so that you continue to foster a positive work environment. And that as well will set you apart from your competitors. So if you can integrate these two things where you're quicker than everyone else and your work environment's better than everyone else, then by nature, you'll be attracting and retaining people that are better than everyone else, right? It's not doing... It's not being average, expecting exceptional results at the end of the day. Like nobody, you can't reasonably think that if I do an average job at everything all the time, I'm going to have magical, exceptional results. You have to put in exceptional effort. You have to take some extraordinary, exceptional leaps and, you know, use exceptional tools. And then and only then will you have exceptional results. I think that kind of sums it up pretty good right there. Thank you for listening to The Hiring Experience. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new about the art and science of hiring. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. This helps others discover the show. Share with a friend, colleague, or anyone going through the hiring experience right now. Share your hiring experience with us at hiringexperiencepod at gmail.com. 